0: You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. For those of you who are interested in self-discovery and healing through hypnosis, please email me at rebecca.hayden at gmail.com to book a free consultation. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today we have Jeremiah Josie joining us, and Jeremiah is president of the Michi Group, which is a mentoring organization that inspires and supports socially innovative projects. He's also the president of the Thorian Network, which is a project of the Michi Group, uh, based on an exciting energy source that has the potential to transform our society. Uh, Hello, Jeremiah. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thanks for the invitation, and it's great to be here.
0: Of course. And um, he's also, of course, um, a fellow ayahuasca traveler. And we've had some very interesting discussions about this. And uh, I've invited Jeremiah on the show today because his unique experience had to do with something that I think will benefit all of us to open up to and think about it and, and consider in terms of our integration journey Um Uh, Jeremiah, can you share something about this whole evil versus light kind of experience that you had and the lessons that you got from it?
1: Sure. Yeah, that was a very enlightening experience from about uh, eight years ago now. And I was in Iquitos or near Iquitos in Peru. I went for a week and it was the first of six sessions and this was like the the introduction to uh to my journey there and i was shown in, in great detail how all of my I would, I would call it intellectual laziness over the preceding my, my preceding life had allowed the uh, the building of a landing platform psychically in my you know in my psyche and and that first night the uh, it's very interesting is that the i was uh, i can go through the detail of the process but that that's uh, many people have that experience but the first thing that that i realized was that there was an entity that came into my body that was uh, exploring wandering around the universe and just bouncing in and out and, and it came in and because <clears throat> I, I was in that state i was open and I was feeling the experience of uh, being in my body, but not controlling my body. Uh, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't an aggressive takeover. It was just a dominant you know, dominant control. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, inter- this is interesting. I will explore this. And then that went on for a bit. And then it, 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 it switched and a much darker, deeper energy, came in, literally kicked the other one out, and I and when this larger entity came in, I felt physically pressed, you know, in my, my consciousness felt pressed to the walls of my inner body. It, it felt like someone big had just moved into the room and now I was squashed against the wall. I couldn't move.
0: Wow. And that
1: was uh yeah, and, and that was the beginning of a probably a four hour battle that took you know a lot of energy and if it wasn't for the shaman i don't know what would have happened but the the shaman actually i needed the shaman towards the end to help me expel this entity and, mm-hmm. and actually wrap it up and the process all through this process of this this entity was coming into the coming onto the into the physical plane and all of the the images i was shown um during this event, and also on the subsequent nights I was there, I was shown how my, like I said before, my intellectual laziness, watching violent movies, being letting letting negativity exist around me, or letting it come into me by you know, by participating in its in in uh, in, uh, in its vista. How that created in me this environment, which this entity needed. The entity had a name, it was Diablo uh, that came through very clearly and I even had images of the the people who were calling Diablo to this realm, to this reality uh, wearing hoods and uh, and uh, gowns and dark rooms with candles and chanting and all, all of the stuff you would, you can imagine. I was like getting glimpses of them doing this work. And then here I was with the, the results. And here was nice. Diablo coming in and doing his things.
0: Right. Yeah, it's all the things that we imagine from these, you know, ancient, dark, mystical ideas of, you know, dark magic and what have you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's, it's a little bit. So, (laughs) um, yeah, it's like, it's surreal in a way that the it's kind of like, it's not like a dream where you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm having a dream that feels real. This, and it's not like a movie where you're sort of observing this was the, this was the real thing. I was like transported into these separate events and I was there. As a, as a, you know, a, um, a member of this group, not a member, but an observer physically present uh, because time and space are, um, there's, there's no such thing as linear time. So we can go forward and backwards in any dimensions we want. So that was another lesson that came through as well. So the working with that entity, working with, well, that, working to get that entity out of my body to get control again that took an incredible amount of effort. So the experience that I had uh, along with the physical, the physical here and now expelling the demon and, and battling that in that battle with, with this, there were times of, of um, repose. And in those times I would be given images or glimpses of how this had all happened. Uh, And Part of that was traveling or being transported in time and space to the various groups of people, to the events, to the movies, to everything that I, to to how Hollywood works. All of these things were being exposed to me, which was showing how this platform had been created in my body to allow this demon to take over my body and was using my body to come into the physical form. And it was it was literally you know it was it wanted my body, and I'm like no it's my body, uh, but it, it was interesting that at the start I was like oh this is interesting let's see what happens, and that was interesting. Right.
0: So uh, when you were feeling that it was interesting to see what would happen, there was also this education, or was the education about how it happened as a result of your. Uh, kind of inviting it or allowing it to see what would happen
1: as the as the demon was taking over my body it was learning the first thing it did was it got down on all fours and it was like it this felt like the most natural position to be in and i had no i was not doing i was not moving myself at all it was all this movement was happening without my control and i was the observer in this in this body and i was like okay this is uh, and, and I was like, this is interesting. I will watch this for a while and see what happens. And it was, um, you know, standing on all fours and then getting, it was like loud noises. And I'm like, okay, this is getting uh, comfortable. And then it, it started to uh, look around uh, in its space. And then it saw me still in the body it was in. And it was like, you shouldn't be here. This is my body now. You've got to get out. And that's when it was like, okay, no, this is my body. You've got to get out. That's when the, the battle started. And that, and it wasn't like, uh, it was me getting control of my body again, which is incredibly difficult. Uh, I, I could, I had to use all my strength just to move my arm or to move my fingers. Or just like, It was really, really strong. And at the same time, this was, this was going on. The purging was happening as well as what's typical with with ayahuasca, and this was and this was. It felt like the birth coming up through my body of the the true nature of the demon, and this this purging was coming up, and this was this was all a mess. It was you know the floor was a mess. I was lying as this is it was just it was not wasn't very nice at all,
0: right.
1: and lying you know, some time I was lo- physically lying on the floor physically exhausted I could not move I was unable to move just because I was so exhausted I couldn't even make a sound and I, I realized then that was we've moved along a little bit I realized then I had to call the shaman Don Alfredo so and I had so I said like, I'll just call out to him and I uh, I, made, I went to make a noise. I couldn't even move my my voice. My voice box wasn't in, in my control. Mm. So then I realized this is really bad, and I've got to focus all my attention on my throat, all my psychic attention to get control of that part of my body, kind of in a fetal position, surrounded by purge results, and just just sort of whimpering, while this demon was still exploring how to control this body and kick me out. So I called out to the don, and, the, and the, finally I got control of my voice, and I had this, this weak help come. I said help. And the don, I, I could feel, and this is, this is all in pitch, pitch black. There was no light right. at all. And mm-hmm. I could feel the attention of the don immediately come to me. It was like a ray of light that just, just was sort of like a light a lighthouse sweeping through around the room, and then bang, fixing on myself, and I could feel this, this, this wash come through me, and I was like, yes, this is, this is good. And he came, he, then he physically got up and he walked over directly to me in the dark, and he put his hand on my head, and without. Uh, you know, there was no physical pulling up of my hair, but it felt like as he just raised his hand, my body rose under his hand. And that was how he was getting the, using the spirit, using the um, the spirit of the jungle to to take control of my body again, to get me back into a state where we could fight the demon together. And that's and when did. the real battle happened. Oh, yeah. It so- went on for another couple of hours. <laughs>
0: Wow. So um, you had mentioned that um, part of what you experienced during this time was the people calling it in and uh, glimpses of insights into Hollywood and into movies and how it makes its way, this influence, this darker influence makes its way through those mechanisms. And I'd like you to speak about that because this is something that you know is is really insightful and and helpful and i'm sure that because the whole time you're describing this like people will say oh i've had dark experiences with ayahuasca and there's a bit of mystery about it not everybody's willing to share those dark experiences and i fully understand that but when someone like you is willing to and also includes all these insights you know it's not just this dark hole that there's something that you've gained from it and and that's what i think is important to highlight and and for us to discuss.
1: Yeah, that was, that was the most valuable lesson that I can share with others as well. It was, it was really that the, the basic idea is that the, the, what, was, what was exposed to me or explained is that the darkness needs people to be weak. Ordinarily, we're not weak. We, we are strong. We have very resilient bodies. We have control of it. We know what to do. We can get around... And we have long, fruitful lives. Generally, that's as as a human being. But we can be, if we can be persuaded to give up that power, our own our own sovereign power, our own individual individual thoughts, then we became we can be made weak. And the weakness is where this this darkness comes in. And that's what I was that's what I was clearly shown, particularly with the, the the movies even like watching anything violent, anything where human life is not valued, you know, no matter whether it's a bad guy or not, you know, the, the bad guy getting killed, that's a human, another piece of consciousness that's being wiped out. That's bad news. That's not yeah And that and even watching... happens
0: in like children's, you know, animated films.
1: Oh yeah. That's, that's terrible. It's absolutely um, terrible. And that's, and that was the lesson that this, this, uh, what do you call it? This numbing down of the significance of consciousness, or how you know how easy it is that someone can be killed, enables these entities to come in, and they use. They're looking for the right side, the, the the rights uh, signature or strength, so they can match up and they can marry with the people who are going to give them the most suitable uh, experience for themselves and this is, i'm talking about the entities themselves
0: right. and
1: so watching you know, exposing yourself to you know, you know hollywood I, I mean the thing about the, what the what i was shown with hollywood was that the entire system is set up to as a as a basically as a feeding ground it wasn't very nice what i was shown. Uh, but the the plethora of 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 films that come out depicting violence as normal as a normal way of solving dispute, which is not which it is not, but this is the normal thing, that really does degrade our ability to uh, to connect with other people uh, on a, mm-hmm. on all planes, and that enables people to be isolated, that enables people to be to go into depression, enables people to get, then be taken over or at least uh, used as an energy source for the darkness and then it just goes on from there and it perpetuates.
0: Yeah, I've, I've had this impression of our participation in it that's always the focus of these lessons that I receive is um, because we're constantly taught by this medicine about personal responsibility and how can we be responsible uh, if we don't have control over what happens? And then of course the lesson is, well, you do and you create your own reality. So then the question becomes in terms of any kinds of, you know, positive change in our life is what what part, what role am I playing? And allowing um, what we uh, engage in, even in terms of, you know, what we observe, is, is important. It has impact. Clearly, you were shown that. Um, can you share that story about early in life when you got a hold of a <laughs> pretty dark film and, and that that even came up?
1: Yeah, this is, this is. I, I probably was five or six or seven. And I found a, a, a I don't know, it was X-rated or R-rated uh, science fiction movie in a, a VHS cassette in my father's or my my parents room and i found it i think i actually remember my father saying don't watch this video which is like oh watch it um (laughs) and not only did i watch it but i i took my brother who's about 18 months 16 months younger than me he oh he must have been like because i still remember he was like like a toddler like three or four so i must have been like five or six and he and watching it with him and he was horrified i remember the, the look on his face like whoa and i'm like yeah this is not very good stuff we didn't watch it all we just watched a part of it and this is this is terrible but going back to that experience and being shown that image again in that that experience again in explicit detail during the ayahuasca ceremony or during the, the session was a, I, was part of the the evidence that i was being shown here this is what you've been doing this is what's letting this stuff come in and this is how you this is you know the obvious thing you've got to stop doing to let this to 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 um so you don't perpetuate it mm-hmm. but it wasn't it, it wasn't like i don't know any i everyone has different experiences with ayahuasca but the and i know some had one similar to mine, and others have have not, and there's, people see the, the everything is given to you as you are ready to see it, or as you are yes. ready to deal with it. That's that's a, that was very clear that came out as well.
0: How will serve and you best, was,
1: yeah, yeah. How how it serves me best, and I was ready to be cleaned up, basically. So it wasn't like I wasn't being shown this so i don't do it again it was i was being shown it so this is what this is why what's going on now is so difficult because you've allowed so much in you've built so much of a a platform that this entity diablo goes hey i'm in you know these guys have been calling me these Mm -hmm. these guys running around in their their cloaks this Mm -hmm. this guy has a perfect size body i'm going to get in there and away we go
0: right (laughs) i have had and, that impression before where it's right. like they're having their way with us in a way you know but to attribute too much power to them i think is a mistake as well because that's why the focus needs to constantly be on what we're doing because we have a choice in the matter
1: yeah well the choice well that's that was the lesson as well like watching a movie passively that's a choice and it's a very dangerous choice because you are Basically, letting <laughs> you, you're creating holes in your psyche, and the more holes you got, the more the more the easier it is for them to come in, the higher it is for you to get them out, and you end up, you know, basically being a, a uh, like a milk cow you know, mm-hmm. being sucked on for your energy. And so
0: when you say passively, you mean like without acknowledging the, the damaging images that you're seeing and how, how wrong it is and all of these kinds of things?
1: Well, paying someone, paying the price of a ticket, walking in and sitting down for two hours in front of a violent film, that's passive. Or active, okay. Passive. So, so this reminds me, mm-hmm. you yeah.
0: know, when you told me about this, this reminds me of uh, the old proverb you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. I think that there is something to that. I think we've been learning this lesson over a very long period of time.
1: Yeah, well, it just it just comes back to the power of mind at that what our mind is and what it can do. And if we're not using it, someone else will use it on you, or someone else will use it for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've really got to take control of that, which is what you let in what you see what you say, what you hear, it's totally within your control. And if you're passively letting that letting the signals come in without being conscious of that, even even if you are conscious, you're still letting them come in. I mean, it's still, it still makes it even more difficult. It, it still makes it difficult still being conscious about what they are. This easier just to not let them come in. Just keep them right.
0: in. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we were talking about this too, you and I were talking about how... Um, Uh, you know, that, that's a very vivid characterization of how, uh, how this dark energy can, can come into play in our lives. But another one is, um, you know, regarding the intellect as, as a God in and of itself, you know, devoid of, of, of any love or any, you know, human component. I think that we've, we've come to really, um, admire the the critical mind to the point where uh, it, it has become a god in a way you know
1: <laughs> yep that's the that's the we face now is where we we have a mind which denies the existence of anything else which makes it actually quite vulnerable I was, I was shown clearly that a an intellectual mind is there's several several doorways into our body and one is through being too smart you simply you become too inquisitive, you think too much. And if you're not uh, not using your intuition, and don't strengthen your intuition, then you actually are a gateway as well. Uh, so that's another pathway for the darkness. That's something we can clearly see that the, the biggest, uh, most destructive elements on the planet, we can say nuclear weapons is a good one, was created by very, very smart people doing very, very bad things. And yeah.
0: And it's it's not like, I think that the intellect can be a, a wonderful tool if we regard it as such. But I think what happens is that instead of it being a tool, we regard it as its own kind of entity and and without any yeah. feeling, without, without the wholeness of the human experience coming into play, just it on its own, as though it should rule, as though that curiosity alone you know, I think curiosity is a a fabulous thing. But if we use the critical mind just as you know, our guiding light, it is not it is a tool, we need to guide it, you know, in the right direction, according to our our feelings and our understanding of what's right, you know, what feels right.
1: Yeah, it's it's really being prepared to let the truth come in, uh, which is much bigger than ourselves much bigger than our ego. Uh, we when we come to this 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 planet for a certain experience and then we leave again uh, with that experience sort of you know, spread back out into the into the mass consciousness and when you when you go through the ayahuasca process you're exposed to this you're shown this in intimate detail uh, and you come out with lessons that you can that you know for my for myself personally integrate back into my life it's like, okay great that's what's happening. And a lot of the things that I got throughout the sessions were confirmation of my own intuition up to that point anyway. It wasn't like I needed to be revealed, oh, this is happening, you got to stop. It's like, okay, no, this is all more detail and confirmation of the, of the nuances and of the meanings and of the, 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 the specialties that, that I had made. This is, what is, this is how it works. This is what's going on. Now just get on and do it is the which was the the true uh, the true journey for myself just to get on and, and do it do something on the planet something that's empowering something that's encompassing and be conscious of all of those lessons that i I got through those six sessions in the ayahuasca uh, how that is can be integrated back into my life and that's yeah that's just been the the joy of that experience
0: hmm. And uh, did you find like a significant change? I mean, you were saying that, you know, your intuition kind of led you there. And I guess it was responding to a lot of questions you had because you've done a lot of traveling and a lot of um, observing of and taking in um, ideas about how societies are run and how they could be improved and what's wrong, what are the problems? And then ayahuasca kind of gave you the ultimate you know, less than underneath the surface, what's going on, right?
1: Yeah, that was another thing I was showing as well. Planet Earth, absolutely amazing place. One of the, one of the few uh, planets in this realm, in this universe, uh, to have uh, so much love. It's actually love in abundance on this planet, where other planets actually are bereft of love. That was a very interesting concept as well. And uh, yeah, so having that experience was was really cool. That was another session a few days later.
0: So this segues well into um, into the antidote in a way, which is what I'd like to spend more time talking about, um, which is love. Um, I explored darkness um, intentionally only once in um, in ceremony. There were other times where it was explored because it had to happen for my healing to accomplish the things that I'd wanted to do. But this time it was my question. It was, I I wondered about darkness in the world, you know, and I asked that question and you know, the response was, yes, there's darkness in the world, but um, love is the most powerful thing that there is. And it just kind of left me with no doubt that, you know, we do have the capacity to overcome this stuff and it is our choice. And um, it made me think a lot about societal views of such things. Um, I think that you and I, and and again, you know, we all have the experience that is custom designed for who we are. And and I've had a lot of yeah. questions about, you know, societal questions, more along philosophical lines um, rather than, you know, um, how, how societies work in terms of government and things like that. Although, you know, that's mm-hmm. certainly something I delved into with my curious mind, but, Anyway, I think that there were there were a lot of lessons that I learned that were, you know, helping me to understand that better, and I can see that our own um, our own limitations, you know, are imposed by ideas such as, you know, like the idea that, and we we lot, a lot of us get this idea that force is is what is represented in this world as being powerful. And love is seen as even being a little weak, potentially, and those are just completely, you know, the opposite of what you know. These deep truths that we're starting to discover, and no wonder things seem very upside down in this world and chaotic when we're going, when we're living based on principles that are completely the opposite.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the best, the best way to look at the, the world. Uh, and how love integrates with that is is plants and how plants exist. Plants have an extremely loving connection to everything. Um, they don't force their way anywhere. They just lovingly move and and exist and they grow and they do what they have to do. And that's, I mean, love is a funny word because we we, we as humans have assigned it a, a a lot of meaning, where in in reality it's it's more like um, Acquiescence to the now, the here and now, so that you have a—you're uh, not fighting what's going on. It doesn't mean you let yourself get pushed around by something else. You know, you still exist and you grow and you embrace and you—you—you you, you, you have the warmth and the soul and the, and the connection. And mm-hmm. That's and that's the the, the love coming through. Uh, and then that you you embrace everything else, just as a plant does. You know, we are of the earth same as plants are of the earth, our body, I'm talking about, not our, not our soul. And so we have this, this deep um, parallel all around us. We just have to look out the window. We can see how a tree moves in the wind. You know, it's designed to be flexible. Uh, it's mm-hmm. got all these, little, all these little solar converters all dancing around in the, in the optimum way so they don't, they don't get stripped off. In you know normal winds they will if the wind's too strong but normally they're fine so you have this total flexible dynamic going on and that's love that's the epitome of love which is you know exactly as you described it the opposite is the, this force or what I would say is brittleness or trying to force your way into or into a certain regime which is good it not good it it is effective for a period of time until you simply expire, you get worn out, and you just surrender.
0: Yeah, there's a, a rigidity to it. And there's also a lack of, um, of depth of appreciation for the bigger picture. So when you describe done, this, yeah. this beautiful, sophisticated uh, mechanism and experience that is a tree with all of its, you know, phenomenal uh, capacities, and, you know, people just like hack it down for this or that um, in in outrageous numbers. And I think that it's done because, and I mean, this is one view and, and it's one that I've come more and more uh, uh, in tune with ever since I started working with medicines. It is done because we regard one another that way, because human beings are seen as, Uh, From certain standpoints, you know, uh, mechanisms, you know, without the whole soul and complexity and and beauty, you know, uh, we're taught to be workers and all of these very simplistic, um, harsh things in consideration of the vastness of of who and what we truly are. And when you consider those things, we would go about everything entirely differently, you know. If we really, truly yeah. believed and appreciated yeah. all that we are, all that each individual is.
1: Yeah. And that's, it has to start with yourself. It has to start with, with your own internal alignment with yourself and with your intuition and with your purpose, what you are doing. I mean, it takes effort and time to work out why you're doing what you're doing. Are you doing it because your grandmother said something when you were three and you're suddenly creating a whole life path based on a, 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 a one minute or a 30 second dialogue from someone who, okay, may have been meaning well at that time, but now that no longer serves you except drives you. And, you're, and if you're not conscious of that, that may not be a very fulfilling existence. And it, like, that leads to, that can lead to this embrittlement. So it, and that's, that's uh, you know, this is a, a systemic just one person. It's an entire civilization that gets that. But, but like, and let's not generalize too much. I mean, generalization is easy, but it's, you know, specifics take time to delve into and, and reveal the real truth. But indigenous communities invariably are really, really good at the full cycle. Grandmothers will not give you a direction at three, which you drive you through the rest of your life. They'll be continually driving you or guiding you so you become your own person, your own identity. Mm-hmm. You can really you really become yourself, which is what indigenous communities do really well. And mm-hmm. people grow just like a plant into their full potential as themselves, not in the not in the the guise of someone else, which is what the analytical mind really loves to do, which is what the West is really all built up about. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah, very clear as well
0: yeah and I, I mean there are beautiful practices and things that we have forgotten how how to be in indigenous um that are represented well and experienced well in indigenous cultures but you know there are certainly things that um we have you know uh uh grown into that i can appreciate such as you know, appreciation for the female capacity beyond certain kinds of roles, you know, <laughs> and so I, I do think that there are benefits that that we have gained in some ways, um, but we've lost a great deal and we've lost our sense of community and and warmth and and, and a lot of those things and appreciation for our environment and connection to it and, and all of those things. But all of those things, you know, I think we both agree is, um, can be improved by first, you know, connecting more deeply with ourselves because, you know, we, we do have it and every single, you know, uh, course of wisdom that you'll ever pursue or, you know, the, the heart of any, you know, uh, true spirituality will lead you back there always within, right? I mean, this is something that's universal. We know this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it actually leaves you, leads you within outside of your mind. So you leave your mind outside as you go inside. And as you go inside, you reconnect to the earth, which is the ultimate mother. We all come from the earth. And, and when you have that connection, then the mind takes its place as a valuable tool, not as a uh, a, a, um, a wayward master. Or oh, what's another way of putting it? And that, yeah, going inside, connecting with the earth is how we really. You getting grounded, sitting on the grass, hugging a tree, all of that connection back into the earth helps us to reconnect. So then you can properly make well, your intuition comes back in the tune and you can make good decisions. Your mind can actually help you, Not
0: yeah. Um, and and also, our um. Our emotions are pretty great guidance systems that we tend to, you know, overrule sometimes with our minds. And, um, you know, you've written something about your experiences that that talk about um, selling our soul. I mean, this is a concept that we have been well aware of for so long now and sometimes joke about. But it's a very real thing, selling ourselves out, you know, how can we yeah. expect That not to be reflected outwards when we're doing it to ourselves, you know, overruling this part of us that's saying, no, I can't bring myself to do that. There's also all these, you know, phrases that we've come to understand well that suggests that we we know ourselves far better than we. We, we seem to pretend to, you know. I can't stomach that. You know, um, that's a pain in the in in the neck. And and we do get these signals from our body and our emotions telling us what we what we should and shouldn't be doing, what is good for us and what is not. And we ignore it and sell ourselves out. You know, this has yep. happened a lot.
1: Yep. Well, selling selling oneself out. This you're either doing it consciously or unconsciously. My experience with the ayahuasca showed me how I did it semi-consciously, like because of through my explorations and where I would go and what I would do and the people I'd meet and the experiences I would have. I was, I was, and it was, what was the phrase? I was shown how to walk in the dark so I could be in the light. Right.
0: Yeah. Is that, so is that what came out of it for you? Did you really, in the end, after all that was over, experience more of um a knowing in terms of the light and how to pursue that was that something that came about for you in that experience Yeah.
1: Well, how to how to be the light how to draw the light in how to you know instantly connect with you know any just just connect everywhere at once I mean just to have that um the ayahuasca, the sessions—they—they—it was like the guiding hand, taking me here, taking me there, showing me this, showing me that, and then it was like, okay, you're finished. Off you go and do it yourself. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So it was, it's like finding the the light within myself, which is in everyone, so that then I can then you know, use that as a as a you know as a furnace uh, or as a um, as a light. Just to guide mm-hmm. my way, you know, which way, this way, that way. What's the intuition say? And then, you know, the meeting the people the, the the thing about you know people is you can't tell who they are until you see what they do. You can listen to what they say, but you've got to see what they do to really know what's going on. And the intuition has always it's just been getting stronger and stronger, as it is even today, on what is what is that? Um, yeah, you know, what's this person? Where are they coming from? What's their angle? What do they want? And how does that integrate with with my path? And that's just you know just the strength coming through, yeah. You know, to the point where, like, we we started this talk about selling one soul or or um, or whatnot. The people that do that consciously, they are really pretty bad. I mean, how they, they—they've basically given their body over. Look, I'm—I'm I'm just going to sit inside. You, know, you can run my body. Thank you. I'm out of it. And that—and that—that thing that's running their body is not—not not very nice at all. And that's a conscious sellout. That's—that's that's one that's conscious. But an unconscious sellout was this. What I was talking about before, where, where just by passively going and watching a movie, even, what are those, um, Marvel characters? All those ones. I mean, the what was the last one where they had the. Uh, Thor, was it for? No, the um the guy with the glove. I mean
0: I don't really keep up with any of that stuff, but <laughs> we've I, had some I interesting discussions about these these superheroes. So yeah, yeah. please share. I,
1: I watch them now with this knowledge, and I'm looking at where what's the what's the angle that this movie is pitching and where, where's the energy coming from? And that was a that was a very interesting movie. That I mean there was a, a lot of a lot of um, what would you say? Adolescent energy. All of the Avengers had were very young, adolescent type energy, around this very old soul type energy, who was who said the only way to fix things is by wiping out half the population. Yeah, and then he said, "No, I've got to do it all. I've got to wipe everyone out." So he was he was a very um, he was looking at how to fix things was mm-hmm. the Avengers were very naive in their knowledge, they just wanted to destroy and smash and kill. It was like, well, hang on, there's no, there's no love there at all. There was no negotiation. There was nothing. It was just a pure. We're gonna, you know, it's just a, you know, a, a pure uh, beat him up type of uh, experience.
0: And it's the same story that we see going on out there over and over again. I mean, the people that our leaders of countries make these decisions all the time they cloak it uh, in in other kinds of ways but that's essentially what those decisions are about and you yeah. know there, there's none of this wisdom that's about understanding the situation to the point where we can you know find a solution in, instead of yeah. just this force
1: Bolivia is they, they have a culture of chewing coca leaves this is part of their connection to the planet, to the Earth, to Mother sure. Earth. So they're very well connected. Um, they don't have Coca-Cola. They don't have McDonald's. They're, they're, they're totally, and, and they didn't, they're not, Coca-Cola and, and McDonald's are not there because they threw them out. People just don't buy them. I mean, they they realize that there's no connection to the Earth from those products. They're, they're so sure. far removed from real products. So they just, they couldn't sell. So that these guys just didn't, you know, the guys that own those companies couldn't, couldn't be successful in that country, so they left. So I'm just using Bolivia as an example. That that's a country mm-hmm. that's really they, the people. It's in South America. They connected and they continually, daily connect to the planet. Um, Morales would have you know fresh coca leaves in the office, and would, it was, you know, it's part of their culture. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. And. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, I mean, we can talk about tobacco. I mean, I had some good experience with tobacco as well in the Amazon. Tobacco is a very good uh, healing plant. It's a very good medicine plant. Uh, if it's clean and fresh and from a plant that you've just you know, plucked yourself and you said, thank you, plant, I'll take this leaf now and you do it you work, but not as a cigarette, not as a rolled up, dried up, six-month-old, 12-month-old, um, dead um, bit of fiber that you sure. burn and inhale. That there's, and that's, the, that's kind of like the, I mean, I like that, that imagery because that's where the West has taken something quite spiritual and quite healthy and totally gone the wrong way because of the lack of love, because of the lack of connection.
0: Yeah. And I think that the same can be said of many things. I mean, when I first started yeah. to discover like plant medicines in this whole exploration and how healthy and and good and, and deep and natural it seemed, I realized that, you know, uh, we have been reaching for these things in just the wrong ways because of our state, because we're in um, a compromised state of being that the way that we go about grasping at these things is unhealthy because it's reflecting that, you know, so there are, you know, we we have many people suffering from addiction and, but they're reaching out for that euphoric state. There's something, there's something in that. In other words, there's a part of them that knows that they could feel better. There's a part of them that knows that, that this isn't the way they're supposed to feel and and that there's something wrong. Like I do and and we do reach out to these things, and even though you know they're they're changed and 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 processed to the point where, you know in some cases where you know it it bears very little resemblance of its origins, I think that you know, perhaps the same can be said of us, and and that we are going through this change where we're starting to rediscover, you know, who we are, and starting to see those hints through even h- what we see as harmful behavior, and and seeing that, yeah, but underneath it all, there's something there, like this obsession with with um, sex and pornography and all the rest of it this is our desire for intimacy, we've lost so much of it, you know, and we want it all to be paid back in a very quick, you know, easy fix kind of thing. And, and, you know, eventually, you know, with all of the addictions going on, including that one, you know, we see that that doesn't pay off in the way that we really need it to (laughs) in order to fulfill that need that is driving it all.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think the disconnection that's happening, uh, people say from the earth, true enough, but from ourselves. You know, as the unique individuals that we are, which the medicines continually point out is so important. Um, oh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And
0: before we end today, I wanted to read something that I have on the show before, but I think that it's particularly um, uh, relevant to to our discussion about how the, the ways in which we allow um, this this these you know darker energies in and and how this medicine is asking us to take personal responsibility in that regard and, and yes. know that we do have the power um, to do that because I think that you know we like and this is also a very common thing where it's like this outer thing that you know we have no control over and it just you know it has so much power and we do not this idea is, is utterly disempowering and and I don't believe that it's true. I think that when we buy into it, that's us giving up our power. And yes. and, and understanding the role that we play as we interact with these, these darker elements in in our existence and in our experience is, is truly empowering and important. And that's why sometimes we do see these things as unpleasant as it is in our experiences with ayahuasca. Um, but they're very important. So an, an example I'm going to give you is... Um, you know at a time when I had you know sworn off engaging in all um all of the the big show that goes on out there that gets people's backs up and and upset and all the rest of it Mm -hmm. um and and I did so because I had to um for personal reasons I just had to get well and not become engaged in in all of the um political upheaval that that was happening at the time when I was actually very focused on it because I was making a documentary about you know the deep you know underpinnings of it and in the end it was a very disempowering experience for me and I had to go to the medicines to get better because I was deeply depressed and terribly angry and it felt good to move away from it because then I focused on myself and 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 got better um and then I I found myself in a in an environment of people who were all pretty wonderful people uh, working on great projects. Um, We were in a co-working situation and everybody had their own, you know, thing they were working on or doing. Um, But when it was, you know, working up to uh, the the first election where where Trump um, was... Um, running for president and everybody was fearful of him getting in. And there were um, there was like Muslim uh, Muslims being um, being harassed and, and there was violence breaking out. And because these conversations were just continually going on around me, um, I, I found myself responding in a way that I hadn't for a long, long time because of all this work that I was doing and all the focus on, you know, inner work, et cetera. Anyway, I was getting, you know, fearful and angry again. And it's like, oh, here we go. (laughs) And then I, of course, I did what I do all the time. Now I reached out to Ayahuasca in my mind and said, uh, you know, what do I do about this? And, you know, for a long time, Ayahuasca was asking me to write things out for her to give a response that wasn't interfered with by me. (laughs) And, and she's asked me to do this a lot. And, and so I did, I, I did exactly what she asked me to do and put pencil to paper and she wrote up the response and here it is. And, and this comment is about my reactions to all of this, you know, so-called evil or, or violence and, and darkness going on in the world and my reaction. And she said, the beast within you knows that outer beast. They are friends They work together to stage battles that we attend. If we were to change the rules and no longer allow these beasts an arena in which to hold these battles, the audience would leave and the show would be over. No more spectacle to engage in. Our beast, the beast within us, answers the battle call always in the name of peace. If we vanquish the beast within, we will have fought our last battle. When you hear the call to battle, Seek out the beast within that responds. This beast needs your love and attention. It's the only way to end the battles. These battle cries and responses are symptoms of a deeper problem that we're not addressing. We will never address the deeper problem if we allow these battles to continue. We have proven this time and again. beautiful. Yeah, and I just, I felt that this was so um, appropriate for these times when I see all over the place people, you know, in such conflict with one another over, you know, whatever subject, there's so many of them that people are fighting about now. (laughs) And because their focus is on whatever, you know, fill in the blank of the subject the focus is no longer on themselves and their reactions. And I think that there's a lot of power in us bringing our attention back to ourselves and what we're, and our own reactions and our feelings. Again, you know, they're very powerful. They tell us a lot.
1: Yes. yeah, It's very, very true. And when we're in alignment with that, when we can become clear with the, 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 the the environment we're in and how that makes us feel and when we realise well if I change the environment I can change the way I feel that can be empowering by itself and then when you start to realise if I change the way I feel I also change the environment and that's doubly or more, more empowering because then you can start to focus exactly what you're saying focus on what you're feeling focus on yourself and then start to change the world around you simply by changing the way you feel
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely, and and the last big message I'd received that a while back, obviously, but the last big message that I received in the middle of the night when we're in complete surrender, <laughs> these messages come powerfully sometimes, and mm. just this one big, you know, deep, important, and I would almost describe it as loud, but it was just emphatic, let's say, or just came through so clearly was, uh, love is the only truth; everything else is lies.
1: Yes. Yes, that is that is, <laughs> that is so good.
0: You like that one?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. I was, I was describing the tree before, the tree is in total love. There's no resistance. It just is in growth and is in flex and it's totally absorbed in its environment, in the present, in the now. And it's not in the past when it was a seed or a sapling. It's not in the future when it's something else. It's just here and now, and that. That to me is the definition of love at all levels because when you're in that state, you are the perfect being you can be.
0: Exactly. Reflecting outwards and not getting caught up in the lies. Yes. You know, and, and it's so simple and beautiful how you describe it, because love is well beyond this limited way that we often look at it. You know, it's not relegated to romantic relationships or even to just familial relationships. It, it, is, it, it can be embodied in every conceivable way.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And this, this planet has an abundance of love, just there to tap into we even within our own body, we just have to just get our mind out of the way for a little bit. And then bang, we connect. And that's, that's just fantastic. That's uh, really cool to do that.
0: That's a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me today and uh, good luck with all your projects. Um, Is there any way that you want to provide for people to, you know, check out a website or learn more about you and your projects?
1: Uh, sure, Rebecca. Well, firstly, thank you very, very much for the opportunity to come on and, and share my experiences. Uh, it's I've always I took detailed notes of the of the experiences, and I I started to write a book, and I put the first night onto my blog. But I'm always asking, am I am I doing this for myself, or am I doing this for others? And that hasn't become clear yet whether I should continue to make a new book. But anyway, um, about I think the best project I'd like to support with is the thorium network um, the thoriumnetwork.com if people go there, check it out subscribe and then they can start to absorb what we're on about and uh, that will be a uh, a great thing to do Rebecca, so thank you very much again really appreciate it
0: Sure, and, and for those who are interested in learning more about your experience because we didn't really explore that as much because we're more focused on the integration piece, where can they find that? Um, do you have a blog that you can point them to?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, my blog is my name, jeremiahjosie.com. Uh, if you go there and search for Ayahuasca, you'll bring up the, uh, the first night, which I, I wrote. Uh, shortly after, I think, or maybe a year or so mm-hmm. after. But you'll find that there on, on the blog.
0: Great. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been wonderful. My pleasure,
1: Rebecca. As well, always. <laughs> Take care. Okay, bye-bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more ayahuasca integration and personal growth content, please visit RebeccaHayden.com.